Oh, good morning, everybody. There we go. This is the people that I love. I did change my shirt. My wife decided that she was going to take me home on, on Friday and not leave me here at the church. And I, I, did, um, I did say that I was dressed for Sunday. Oh, let me see. You guys look beautiful. Um, everybody online, it's so good to have you with us. Take a selfie, post it, and we will like it here in the, <laughs> online. So come on, show us what you're wearing, man. Show us your smile. Come on. Uh, you know, you guys get to see us, but we never get to see you. So uh, let us be family. Family gets to see each other without makeup, right? Or is that just like a bit too much? I don't know. It's too little. <laughs> Put on more. Is that? No, I'm just joking. Yeah. So happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter, Emma. Happy Easter, guys. Um, now... Like Milo does it, Milo's going to do something always crazy. He wants you to not be comfortable because when you get comfortable, you fall asleep in his sermons, and I do not want you to do that. So I see there's this great divide. You guys online can't see it, but in, in, here in the hall, there's like this gap in between us. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask everybody, I need you guys to make each other feel welcome. You need to rise up like Jesus and move from your tomb, which is your chair, and go and greet someone on the other side of the slide, quickly. Now, now, come on. We're allowed to fist bump at least, Bluetooth high five, and just greet everybody. Wish them happy Easter. Happy Easter, Rudy, to the guys. Um, yo, Jocelyn, Jocelyn, run into the tech booth and just high five them. I'm going to go to Emma. Dude, happy Easter. Oh, you know what? See, that's, that's how you do church. Yeah, you guys thought, hey, I'm going to sneak in late when the lights are low. I'm going to find my place. And Milo is not going to say anything because we're online. Forget that, man. This is family. We're going to do this. Oh, how are you guys doing? Is everybody okay? Thumbs up, thumbs up. Yay. We've got a thumbs down, we've got chocolate after this, thumbs up, but we've also got Jesus. Yeah, come on. I was chatting to our team this morning, because um, I, I, love, I love talking. We're going to be a church. <laughs> wow, my wife. You see, I don't get chance to talk at home. I've got, I've got a wife and three kids that compete for my wife's attention. And my daughter, the moment someone breathes, she says something then that means it's her turn to talk. So I, I, I enjoy conversations with people. Can I say that? And so um, I, I like chatting to our team before we start. And I was just reminding them, Sunday, oh, Friday after we left, Jay, we went home, and then everybody just climbed on the WhatsApp group and wanted to know what we're eating for lunch and stuff like that. And so, I, I mean, I've had enough pickled fish to last me a lifetime. <laughs> Don't say that. Okay, just for this year. This for this year. I mean, Stephen Jar, I've got onions. You can share with me. I'd never, there were so many onions. Spa got rid of onions and they gave it to me in, in pickle fish. But yeah, oh man, guys, Friday was a good Friday. Who had a good Friday? Friday was a good Friday. It's good because we spent time with family. It was good because we spent time with Jesus. But it was good because we were reminded of what Jesus did for us. Friday was good, but Sunday's better. 
Sunday is better. Turn to someone quickly and say, it's better today. But you have to say it in that way. If you don't have anybody next to you, cease. Find someone. Allison, you're all alone. Find someone. There we go. Point them out. Okay, we are going to be kicking off this last part of our Jesus series. Uh, for everybody that is new, welcome. Glad to have you here. My name is Milo. I'm the pastor here at Prodeo Church. We've been in a series called Jesus, and we've been talking about how being opposite attracts. And that is the life of Jesus that we have been learning about. And on Friday, we just said, Friday's a day. We just let Jesus do what Jesus does. Sometimes we just need to let Jesus be Jesus. Like I keep telling my kids, you're not mom, chill. And in our lives, sometimes you aren't God, relax. Let him do what he needs to do. So we've been in the series, and today I, I believe we're going to conclude it. So we're going to be in the book of John, and we're going to be in chapter 20. But before we go there, let me just give you a little bit of background about John chapter 20. The morning, Mary goes to the tomb to clean Jesus' body. Fun fact. Just, just, this has got nothing to do with my preach, just something I learned. Um, did you know Mary Magdalene, her surname isn't Magdalene? Did you guys know that? She was Mary from Magdala. So in essence, Jesus was from Nazarene. So Mary, she is Mary of Magdala, so she's Mary Magdalene. So that's not her surname. Just, just fun fact. That one's for free. We'll send the offering baskets out right now in a few. But um, So John's account of the resurrection, Mary wakes up, she heads to the tomb, she gets there empty. First thing that goes through the mind is someone has taken Jesus' body. And so she's nervous, she runs away, everybody comes and check, tomb is empty. She falls down, she weeps, she encounters two angels, she turns around, she sees Jesus. Jesus tells her, I am alive. That was the morning. She runs back to tell the disciples about what she had just encountered. How many of you guys like to tell people when something good happens? See, I only saw a few guys' hands go up. All the women went, woohoo! I've got news for you. <laughs> but that's it. That is why God showed himself, Jesus revealed himself to Mary, because he knew she would spread the word. And she runs straight to the disciples, and she tells them what has just happened. And now we're going to pick up in John chapter 20, verse 19. And this is what happens. On the evening... She encountered Jesus in the morning, in the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. And then the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. 
I just want to take a few minutes to talk about the resurrection from this title, Unexpected. Can we pray? Jesus, you are alive. You are seated in heaven. You are working on our behalf, and therefore we give you praise. Therefore, we stand here and we get excited or sit here and get excited. That's why we are where we are because of what you did on this day. And so, Father God, we just want to pray to you and say, doing us what only you can do. As you raise Jesus from the dead, I pray that you'll raise something new within us. Open the scriptures, speak to us, encourage us, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, how many of you guys have ever been unexpectedly surprised? Uh, last year for my birthday, I'm still not 40. Last year for my birthday, my, we, we're trying to get these things called experiences, not just stuff. So my wife arranged, um, she got me a voucher for my birthday. And it's not a clothing voucher. It was to go to the shooting range. Oh, how awesome is that? We're going to go and skip stuff. And um, what, what, what happened was I left the voucher until this year. And so we decided, okay, let's make an appointment and let's go shooting. So we were excited. I go on the website. I check these people out. I'm like, no, this is cool. We book our time. They tell us, be here at this place on this day, pack my wife in the car, we're in the church bucky, so everybody can see this is a Jesus van, okay, so no driving bad, no bad language, you know, proper signs when people cut you off in town, and we head up this hill to where the shooting range is, but everything changes as we go up this hill, it's the most dodgy place you have ever seen. And I asked my wife, wait, rather put the GPS on my phone because we know my phone works. And we arrive at the same place in, on a hill somewhere. I mean, it looks like a place you bury bodies. And so we're standing there where you hide bodies. I mean, like, and so we ride up this hill, but I turn around and we were, we were there a few minutes early. So I parked the bucky facing the exit because we haven't gone in yet. And I'm like, like Jesus walked on water, this bucky's going to walk off this hill and we're going to make it. And then all of a sudden this dodgy car rocks up and I'm like, yeah, this deal is going down and it's going down now and we aren't prepared for anything. Tinted windows, a polo dropped. And in my mind, I'm going... Forgive me, Lord, <laughs> but look after my wife. <laughs> and this youngster climbs out, holding a bag, and I'm like, babe, just close your door, put on your seatbelt. And immediately as this guy climbs out, a little girl climbs out as well, and we go, whoo, it's okay. And he goes and opens the gate, and then he finally comes to us and he goes, are you guys here for the shooting experience? And we were like, yes, we are. 
Now, this is no ordinary shooting experience because on the ticket it says a zombie shooting experience. And, and you know, anything with zombies go, yeah, no do it, Mark. And, and so we get in there and this place looks like nothing that we used to. It's just dirt. And this little container that is hot and they give us these forms to fill in and everything. And uh, we, we get to shoot four guns. You know, a pistol, a carbine, man, a shotgun, and an AK. You know you've lived when you shot an AK. And, um, and, and we had a look at this place and at the guy, and we were like, oh, my gosh, we don't know what's going to happen here. And so we just have fun. And a group of guys come in afterwards, and they were also going for a shooting experience. And I must tell you, it was really unexpected that where we were, we had so much fun. We enjoyed it. What was more unexpected was that my little wife, with a shotgun and an AR, shot better than these four guys that came here. And they looked at me and I said, this is why I listen. <laughs> but you see, the reason it was unexpected is because it wasn't what I had pictured. It was unexpected that we enjoyed the time that we were there, but what I had envisioned it to be, you know, TV kind of changes our perception of reality. When, when you watch movies, it's always an American movie, and the shooting range is always this nice green grass, or it's indoors, and, and they always have these people dressed in khakis, and, you know, they got these nice little muffs, and here we get to South Africa, and it's dust and tires, and, and dirt bins, and, and it's, but we had so much fun. And this is the thing, it was so unexpected because it was different. However, it still had achieved the outcome it needed to achieve. We had an experience, and a really good one at that, with some really awesome, scary memories. And the same happens as we meet these disciples in John chapter 20. This is two days after Jesus died. How many of you guys know if you're dead for two days, you are dead? It wasn't a mistake. Your nose will tell you he's dead. And these guys were so concerned. They, they were flustered. They didn't know what to do. They were anxious. Why? Because Jesus had told them all these things, and then he died. I don't know what they might have thought of when Jesus was telling them, hey, listen, I'm going to die, but then I'm going to be resurrected again. So when Jesus went to the cross, I don't know if they went, just hold on, he's going to do it now. When they took him off the cross, I don't know if they said, wait, he's going to do it now. On, on the Sabbath, I, I don't know if they said, wait, he's going to do it now. But then Sunday comes, and something very unexpected happens. They are in a room. They're locked up because they are scared, hiding. And Jesus shows up and steps into the room. He doesn't open a door. He doesn't knock. He just appears. It was unexpected. You see, Jesus is alive, and because of the resurrection, Jesus gets to do what no one else can do. 
Jesus can do what no doctor can do. Jesus can do what no therapist can do. Jesus can do what no lover can do. He can step into our situations that we have locked away and hidden from people. He can step into those dark little hiding places that we put our emotions in because of the trauma that we've had that no one knows about. And Jesus can just walk in and he can change everything. Why? Because he is alive. And as we read through the passage in John, I just want to show you a few things, a few unexpected things that Jesus comes and gives us from this encounter with the disciples. The first thing that he gives us is that he gives us peace. One of the most important things we have received from the resurrection is peace. When Jesus told them peace, their world was in chaos. Jesus is known as the Prince of Peace. The first thing that he speaks over them is peace. In my house... And my wife is not free from this. She doesn't like it, though. How many of you guys like giving each other frights? Especially during load shedding. My family knows, as long as you can see Dad, it is okay. But when he disappears and you can't hear him, there is a problem. And, and, and this happens quite often. Like, my wife, it could be anything. She could go to the room. She could be in the shower. It could be in the morning. It could be in the evening. And then all you hear, you don't even hear the birds chirp. Even the birds go, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> and go home and try this with someone quickly. How many of you guys know if the house is quiet, and you're not expecting it, and someone goes, peace. That is not what comes out of your mouth. Peace is not what comes. It's more like clean up on our four. You know, that, that's what happens. My wife, when was it? It was the other night. I was taking things out of the bucket, and I was not expecting her to come out, but she's like, this is my chance. And so the bucky stands in front of the garage doors, and I opened the, the side gate, and I walked in to the back, he got something, and as I come out, she just walks up behind me, and she goes, hey, <laughs> I just die <laughs> right there, man. Now, I don't get a fright easily, but at that moment, man, I, <laughs> I wet myself. But I can tell you now, these guys were locked in their room. They knew everybody that was in that room. Why? Because they needed to make sure that there were no spies, because they were scared. If they could have done that to Jesus, imagine what they will do to us. And so they're hiding in there, and Jesus steps into the scene, and he just goes, what's up, peace? <laughs> More people will raise from the dead that day than ever in history. But you see, Jesus steps in, and the first thing he tells them is, peace. 
in your chaos, He speaks peace. Because He is alive, He speaks peace. This is the nice thing about the passage is that Jesus doesn't wait for you to change. He didn't wait for them to go and change the situation. He didn't wait for them to start moving. Wherever you are, Jesus is going to step in and He is going to bring peace to you. He did it with them on the boat. He brought peace to their surroundings. But he did it in this storm of life. He brought peace to them. And that is the first thing that we get when we talk about the resurrection is that the peace that surpasses all understanding is the peace that Jesus gives to us. Jesus shows him the scars in his hands and his side. And this is what peace does. It t- turns fear into joy. When you need to change your situation, you need to get into the presence of Jesus because he will give you peace in your time of fear. You see, when he stepped out of the grave, he stepped into our lives and he brought peace. And so the first thing that we get from the resurrection is that God gives us peace. The second thing that he gives is he gives us purpose. Have a look. John 20 verse 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. You see, he says it for a second time because peace is important. Because you can't move to the next thing if you do not have peace. He goes, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. They were sitting there doing nothing, and Jesus steps in. He calms them down, and he gives them purpose. What I did, you go and do. So because of the resurrection, Jesus comes in and goes, no, it's not about coming to church and just filling these seats. There's a purpose for your life. There's a purpose for each and every one of you. All of you go and do What I have done. These guys walked with Jesus for a few years. And everything that they had done up until Jesus' death, he told them what to do. How many of you guys know when someone tells you what to do all your life, when they disappear, you don't know what to do? You just sit there. And so Jesus comes in and he goes, Here's your purpose. Go do as I did. We weren't meant to just stay stagnant. Have you ever looked up the word purpose in the dictionary? Purpose means fulfilling the role you were created for. This is a speaker. I am a speaker, but this is a speaker. And what is a speaker's purpose? To throw out sound. But have a look at this. This is not ours, I hope it doesn't break. (laughs) It serves a purpose now, doesn't it? What is its purpose at this moment? No, it's a speaker. 
But yet, I'm sitting on it. It's fulfilling a role. If I, as a speaker, go around it, put my notes down on it, it's fulfilling a role. But it still has a purpose. You see, your purpose is not defined by anybody else except the one that created it. It was made with a purpose. But in the wrong place, it doesn't fulfill its purpose. Jesus meets his disciples and they're sitting there doing nothing because they do not know what to do. Everybody says they need to die, they need to change. Jesus says, I've got a purpose for you. This speaker, unless you plug it in to a power source and you send a signal to it, it will not fulfill the purpose it was created for. And this is what the resurrection does. Jesus gets up, he gives you peace, and he gives you purpose. It's not based on what you do. Everybody does something else, right? Um, are there any moms? Put up your hand. Moms? Okay. Dads. Engineers? Um, I couldn't put up a hand there. Um, uh, what else do we have there? Um, chefs? Anybody cook? Anybody? If you can cook, put up your hand. Any eaters out there? Any runners out there? <laughs> Okay, you see, we all have something that we can do, but our purpose is not based on what we do, it's on whose we are. And Jesus created us with purpose. So it doesn't matter if you're at work, if you're at home, or if you're hanging with your friends, you have a purpose to tell people about who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross. Matthew talks about we are salt and light. I love the illustration of salt. What is salt for? It's to flavor stuff. You guys are salt. It's time to get out of your salt shaker. Salt is good on a table, but it's worth nothing if we don't take it out, the shaker. Some of us need to get of our shakers. You are looking fancy wherever you have been placed, but you have to be in flavor. We are called light. What is light supposed to do? Illuminate. To shine on a path so that people don't stumble. As light, stop blinding each other. You know, we come to each other and it's like, hey, what did you do today? Ah, you didn't read about, boom, light in your face. You're like, ah. I was a white guy and with all the lights that had been shining up. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I wrote Trissuri. I'm like, ah. But you see, we need to be salt and we need to be light. We, need to, we have purpose. And this is what Jesus does. He gave them purpose. But when he died, they forgot it. 
He steps in and he brings peace. You know, you can only function properly when you are calm. Have you ever seen someone under pressure try to stitch up someone? I haven't. I pass out. But that is why Jesus brings peace so you can understand that you have purpose. And it was very unexpected because they thought Jesus was dead. They didn't know what was going to happen. And in the most unexpected way, he steps back into their lives and he says, you got peace, but more importantly, there's a purpose. And in their chaos, they understand something needs to change. So he gives us peace, he gives us purpose. But have a look at this. Throughout the Bible, you will never find someone with a purpose that is not backed with this thing that God gives us, and that is power. It has a purpose, but if there's no, it's going to do what it's doing now already. We have speakers on the side, and they are plugged into power, and that is why you can hear me. You see, John 20 verse 22, this is what Jesus says to them. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Do you guys know just how powerful you are? This is the beauty of the resurrection because Romans 8 tells us that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And the only way it lives in us is because of the resurrection. Because at the time of the resurrection, Jesus steps into their space, gives them peace, gives them purpose. But then he does something that we've never seen him do in the whole gospel. He breathes on them. You see, they will only get the Holy Spirit a few weeks later. But can I point out something? In the book of Genesis, God creates man. The purpose of man was to be in relationship with God. But in order for that to happen, God breathes life into man. Jesus goes to the cross. Man was separated from God. Jesus is raised to life. And what does he do? He breathes new life into his creation. Because we are now known as a new creation. We have a new covenant with Jesus, with God through Jesus. Therefore, we have new life and new power. We are world changers. I love using this illustration. How many of you guys know Superman? One of my favorite characters. But if Superman didn't have powers, he would just be man in his mom's tights. (laughs) You could actually say he is Batman's brother and they're having a pajama party because they always operate at night. There is no such thing as a Christian without power. You just, man. 
But Jesus comes and he goes, new life, because I am alive, new purpose, new creation, new covenant, new you. It's very unexpected. Because he, know, he knew that they needed something new because what had happened never happened before. And so they needed new power in order to fulfill what they needed to do. Let's look at one last passage quickly. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, I think he did miss, because he was one of the 12 who was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Poor Thomas. He, Thomas is always at the, the end of the, he draws the short straw all the time. Because have a look at this, so, because the disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were, and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. And what has Thomas become known as? Doubting Thomas. Have you ever become known for doing one thing, one time, and it's stuck? Hey? A lot, I've had a lot of those one times. I've had a lot of one names. But you see... Over here, Thomas does, says something, and we label him. But can I show you something? If you go back to the first verse that we came, that we, that we opened with, did Jesus not show his disciples the exact same thing Thomas is asking to see? We jump so fast, it's like, how can you not? believe. It's because people need an encounter. That is why Jesus has given us a purpose. But let's carry on. A week later, his disciples were in the house. Look at that word. What does it say? Again. And Thomas was with them. This time he didn't miss. But have a look. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said the same words, peace be with you. Now there were 12 that pooped themselves. <laughs> we can encounter Jesus and our situation won't change. You see, their situation didn't change after encountering Jesus. They were still being hunted and they were still fearful so what does Jesus do? Once again, he steps in and he does something. He speaks peace. See how important peace is? And we only get it from the resurrection. He speaks peace. A lot of us think that because Jesus is part of us, everything will change immediately. But we change, not our situation. He gives peace to us. 
And what do we become? We become atmosphere changers. Because our purpose is to step into a situation and not add, but change. There's a whole lot of different things that the Bible says we should do and we think add. He says, I will multiply you and we go, we will add. He says, you will change and we go, no, but we will add. Jesus goes, no, come on. Bring peace because you are carriers of it. So let's carry on. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it in my side, stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. However, blessed those who have not seen and yet believe. And the most unexpected thing is the way Jesus responds to Thomas. What is your response when people don't believe in what you say? You write them off. And this is the last thing that we get because of the resurrection that Jesus still loves us. Thomas wasn't there in the first encounter. So what does Jesus do? He goes back. He will go back for the one. He will come back no matter what happens in your life. He will constantly return because everybody needs to know that Jesus is alive. He will run after you. Your situation might not change, but Jesus will still run after you. You see, your doubt doesn't disqualify you. Your fear doesn't disqualify you. He is love. And because of the resurrection, unexpectedly, we carry peace. We carry purpose. We carriers of power. And most importantly, we are carriers of love. May we in this day be reminded of all of that that you have purpose, but you need to take his peace. Tap into his power, and you get to show love. Can we pray?